Welcome to this episode of Unanonymous Podcast. I'm Bailey. And it's Yammy. And Yammy, today we're going to talk about Accountab- shame. Oh, <laughs> yes, also <laughs> you say it. Shame and accountability. <laughs> yes, exactly. I like how I was going to go right for the shame and you were like, let's be more productive and go with accountability. Accountability, yeah. <laughs> so you said you had a story about, was it shame or accountability? Um, well, I guess it was sort of, uh, kind of about both, but it, the predominant feeling for me was shame. Um, so last week, uh, I went to yoga on Tuesday night and yeah, it was really good. But when I left, uh, I guess I accidentally dropped my phone and I'm you guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, yes, I definitely accidentally dropped my phone okay. and so I didn't realize until I got home and then it was this whole rigmarole and this woman luckily saved it, but she had texted my sister to be like, I have this phone and my sister was going to go out and get it. And it was, it, it all just brought back these feelings of when I used to be hungover and I would have horrible shame spirals of being just really irresponsible. Yeah. And it was funny because, of course, I had done nothing wrong. I just went to yoga. It was a really low-key night. But I was instantly back in that place of waking up in the morning and thinking, oh, God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. So that wow. was my story. And it got me thinking how those feelings stick. Interesting. It's interesting how, yeah. like, as time passes – we still have those trigger points, even if the situation is like completely separate where like you are doing something completely normal, right? Like going to yoga Mm -hmm. and you forgot your phone. And yeah, I mean, in the past, it probably wasn't you doing yoga. It was probably you somewhere on Elgin or in the market and definitely have those feelings of, uh, you know, and it's, I don't know if it's like that for you, but you almost have that piercing feeling of like, fuck, or like, oh shit, mm-hmm. or like guilt. And like, you just like, almost, I don't know, for me at least, beat yourself up about how, like, how did I let this happen again? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what totally like, just all came back on Tuesday. And it got me thinking about like how I handled those feelings when I was drinking. And I don't mm-hmm. know, do you, did you have any, any sort of go-tos for a shame spiral? Uh, I am still coping with like, I'm still learning, right? I think that when we talk about the ways in which our shame manifests around our drinking, you know, I think in my early days of sobriety, um, I would just sit there and think about all of the random shit that I would do or had done, right? Like, I think about the times that, like, I would go to bars or, like, how I would put myself in, like, really risky situations and how, Mm. um, you know, I would reflect on that and just, like, or even, like, friends sharing stories about shit that I did right like there was a point where in university people would always say to me like like I would I would be the person that would like pull out like those huge bottles of vodka like while studying in the library and like mm. you know it and, and and when people would make fun of that and be like oh my god remember when Yami used to do crazy shit like that or like um recently uh 
uh, for my partner's birthday, uh, you know, they were drinking and stuff like that. And I just had to like, remember when of like, for birthdays, how like that was an excuse to like get completely sloshed and like how I would drunk text and how I would do things that I just wasn't proud of. Right. And then Mm -hmm. like in sobriety, having to think about the impacts that I had not only on myself, but on other people and the reputation. And it just like, so yeah, totally having, you know, a spiral, even now thinking about it, I'm like, fuck, like, I can't believe I did all those things. And Mm -hmm. I know it's not helpful. Um, because the past is the past and we can't change it. We can only um, look towards the future and, and, and look towards the ways we can shift things now. Um, but yeah, definitely had spirals. And what do you think was most beneficial for you in terms of like when you had those spirals? Cause it's something I'm still working on. So yeah. Yeah. So when I was still drinking, when I had those spirals, my sort of go-to coping strategy was to just like push it out of my mind. So near the end of my drinking, I noticed I was in this real cycle of like, I would, I would have a night where I'd black out or get like super crazy or do stuff that I was embarrassed about. I would wake up the next day and be really sick, like physically quite sick. Mm, so I, I couldn't Lord really Jesus. deal with yep. it Yeah, that day. But yep. what then I would find is that I had these sort of lingering hangovers that would go on for days and days and days. But then the next day, that's when the things would start like kind of creeping back and I would start remembering the things that I did or said. And Mm. when people would, like you mentioned, like people would like make fun of you or like remember the things that you did or say those things like that became to me one of my most like loathed conversations when people were like, oh, remember when you said this or remember when you did that. And I just, I never, ever wanted to remember those things. Um, And so like, I would just push it out of my mind. And so about three days after the bender, I would be like, those three days, I'd be like, I'm done drinking. I don't like it. How can, why can't I just drink like a normal person? Why, you know, next time I'll make sure that I drink a water between every drink or, you know, like I had all these Mm -hmm. alchemies that I was always trying to find the answer. But really it was just like, Bailey, you can't drink. (laughs) Yeah. But I never wanted to face that as the reality. So I would just pretend like what I did didn't happen. And in the end, I would end up creating the same cycle over and over. So do you find that you have been able to like hold those memories? Like when you look back on it, do you, how do you kind of ease the mind? You, do you know what I mean? Like when, when you go into that spiralized thinking? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because um, I haven't done any kind of traditional like 12-step programming or anything like that. So I haven't really been given any kind of real strategies onto, on how to manage those feelings. So mm-hmm. now, I mean, I, I have to say, I still do a fair amount of just not thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. but that's real. The feelings, yeah. When the feelings come back to me and like when I'm confronted with them, like I was last Tuesday, I really like, I guess I kind of just have to tell myself like, I was doing the best I could at the time. Mm. And, and, and then I try to like put it in a place of gratitude. Like I'm grateful that I didn't ever 
cause anyone any kind of real physical harm. I'm grateful I was never, you know, physically hurt. Uh, like I try to focus on the stuff that didn't happen that I can be grateful for, I guess. But it's hard. It's hard to to hold those feelings. What about you? What do you? How do you manage that? Um, I think for me, I I talk about it like. I have a therapist and she is absolutely amazing. And one of the things that uh, when I first moved to Toronto, um, you know, I said I wanted to work on was guilt and shame. Um, mm. And I said I wanted to, to explore and be compassionate with myself, which like is easier, way fucking easier said than done. And so <laughs> we spent a good six months um you know, talking about some of the things that I had done in the past, why I had done them, um, and really teasing out some of the themes. Um, and so I found that really helpful. Um, and a lot of the times, uh, you know, when we met, common themes would be like, oh, I was afraid, or I wanted to mm. be accepted, or, um, you know, all of kind of the, the, the state, not stereotypical, but the general things that people want, right? Um, oh, I didn't want to feel, right? So then um, that one was a huge one, not wanting to feel. And so uh, we worked on feeling, feeling feelings. And it's it's interesting because, I don't know, on social media, you see all of those like quotes and stuff, which is like, great that people are talking about like honoring your feelings. But what does it mean to actually hold those feelings, if that makes sense. I don't know. So, mm -hmm. um, for example, so we did this exercise once where I shared a story about um, a series of events that had happened that I'm not going to share because mm -hmm. part of it is not my full story to tell. But um, there was like, when I tell you there was a lot of guilt and shame, like I would have heart palpitations when I thought about the shit that I did. And yeah. she made me sit in those feelings. Like literally just, I told her what happened and, and, and I was like, I, I feel like such a fuck up. I feel like such a failure. I feel disgusting. I feel like if people knew who I really was, they wouldn't, um, you know, they wouldn't like me. And she's like, okay, great. You know, that's, those are fair things to feel. But in this moment, I want you to feel the guilt. I want you to feel, you know, all of those things. And so I just sat in it for half an hour and then I cried and then, you know, I journaled. And part of it, I think with her help was realizing that um, I always wanted to escape, right? Like drinking was hmm. a form of escapism. And so, um, and there was always a catalyst as to why I did it. And so, um, you know, the result of the result of what I did was because of avoidance. And so, yeah, it just kind of taught me that what does it look like not to avoid things? What does it look like to be honest? What does it look like to ask for help? And I think that those are the things that have really helped um, in terms of spiraling, right? Um, and like I said, I'm not perfect. I still have moments where, fuck, like, I get caught up for real, you know? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I think it's just a matter of coming back and knowing that I'm not alone and that like, even with this podcast, right? Like we're sharing our experiences um, and 
and I think that that's so important because it lets other people know and also for ourselves to know that we're not alone, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Well, and then I guess in like a traditional 12 step program, generally there's the that, fourth the, step. It's the fourth step. Okay. I was like, I know there's a step yep. where you're supposed to like sort of. Yeah. Like in a way, I guess, really confront the wrongs that you've done to people yep. and try to make it right. Is mm-hmm. that a good? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like different people, because there's the traditional 12 stop and then people have like, you know, different ways of making amends to the fucked up shit that mm-hmm. they did when they were drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because probably also like not everybody necessarily wants you to make amends for things. No. Like, if you yeah. caused harm, people don't necessarily want to call out of the blue three years later where you're like, hey, remember that time I did that really fucking fucked up thing to you? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you know, that's sort of a yeah. one-way street of amends making. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask, um, mm-hmm. and you could totally choose to answer this, are there people in your life that you had to make amends with and take accountability that are still presently in your life? Um, there is a person who I, well, yes. So there's one person who's not in my life anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. and her and I were very, very close, really good friends. And we didn't, um, like my friendship with her didn't end because of drinking, but I also did the same thing I did when I had shame, when I was drinking that instead of closing the friendship with her which I felt like I wanted to do instead of ending that friendship in like a way that honored what we had I just never spoke to her again like literally just ghosted her (laughs) and this is like a very good friend of mine and I did I I was still having dreams about her this happened probably six or seven years ago and I was still having dreams about her like being in my life and stuff and so just this Mm -hmm. summer I sent her an email and said what I did was not okay. And I thought I had a reason to do it at the time. In retrospect, I didn't. And uh, I just wanted to apologize. And I didn't hear from her for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then she wrote me back and was like, yeah, I I told myself I wouldn't write back until I could forgive you. And I do. And no, I don't want to be friends, but go on and live your life. And I wish you well, kind of. So Mm. wow. what about you? Yeah. Do you, have you had that experience in any way? Um, yeah, I, I think that definitely with a number of friends, um, close people in my life, you know, I, I had to like be accountable to them. Um, and mm-hmm. that was really hard. And the first step of accountability for me was being like, Hey, I have this thing, um, that clearly is, not working. And I, when I drink, I become a different person. And, um, you know, I know I've hurt you in these different ways. And like, I think for me, it wasn't necessarily always like an active of doing something. It was actually the absence, right. Of, mm. of not being there when people needed me or, you know, having that. Yeah. Basically just like dipping out on people and always having excuses. Um, And so um, I did it with a number of friends, a number of family members where, um, you know, I I said to them, like, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you when you needed me. Um, 
and that was hard. And I think another element that was hard in terms of uh, being accountable uh, was also cutting out certain people in my life that uh, weren't necessarily good for me or I felt, um, wow, this is harder to talk about than I thought it would be. Um, I know, it's really hard to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, People who in times when I was at my worst in terms of my drinking were there, right? And uh, facilitated it and, and, and to no fault of their own, I just felt like, you know, this relationship is based around drinking. It's based around things that um, I no longer want to participate in and uh, a culture that I no longer want to participate in. And I think Mm. for some of those relationships, I haven't reconciled them and that's been really hard. I kind of just, you know, and I'm not proud of this. Like I had to just leave or else it wasn't Mm going to be good for me. And, um, yeah, wow, that's really vulnerable to admit. But yeah, so there's people out mm-hmm. there that I haven't been able to be accountable to because of my drinking, because I just left. And and it's because they weren't healthy for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I never actually gave them an explanation, but I did have processes of closure. Like I did write them letters and, and stuff like that, at least on my mm. end. But they're, you know, probably thinking they have no idea why I cut them off, right? But And yeah. that's the difficult thing about, you know, um, at least on in my journey of wanting to become sober is letting go of the things that no longer serve me, um, even if they're salvageable, just knowing that like, even though I could probably make this work, it's it's not worth it. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And because sometimes you like, if it were to be salvageable, you might have to also like talk to that person about their habits or about yeah. how they are. And, and, you know, I don't know when I got sober, what I was most afraid of <laughs> becoming, which it seems I've become because now I do a podcast on sobriety is like being like one of those judgy sober people who used to drink and now they don't. And now they're like, you have a problem with drinking. Like I just never wanted yeah. to be one of those people. And so yeah, I think if I if I had people in my life that I had to cut off or ask them to kind of consider that, it just felt to me like that would be, I don't know, like I would be like really crossing a line or something. Like, is it my business to tell someone maybe they need to think about their own drinking too, or you know? So. Yeah, and I and I think for me, I don't need to tell anyone about their drinking. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it's a process that people need to go on. By themselves I may point out shit but like at the end mm-hmm. of the day I realized a long time ago that you can't you can't tell someone to stop drinking if they're not ready right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yeah it's you know when I think about accountability I think uh the fact that you know we continue to talk about drinking and sobriety is a form of accountability for our actions in the past I think that it's a it's another act of service in like this weird way, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. because we're being open and honest, we're also sharing, like we could be helping other people, right? And and that's another way of of giving back. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, yeah, all of the it things. It does make sense, and all of the things. Yeah, there 
there's like one flip side to it, which I actually just popped in my head. I think it's kind of interesting too. Like mm. I was thinking like, oh, I hope people like kind of know too that when they know that I'm sober now, like maybe they'll think that, you know, the reason that our relationship was damaged or whatever maybe has something to do with the drinking. And then I thought, you know, there's someone I know who I used to work with who was just like toxic and awful. And when, when her and I were having a lot of disagreements, she was like, you know, and I know you're going through your own journey with sobriety. And I was like, no, 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 don't make my sobriety oh, of you being an no, asshole. No. <laughs> that that yeah. has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. You are a toxic person has nothing to do with me getting sober. You mm. know, like I, I thought that was kind of an interesting, uh, a flip side of it. <laughs> Shit, I never thought about that. I'm trying to think, because anyone ever, huh? No, I don't think anyone has ever like flipped the script on me. Um, okay. In that way, I think that mm-hmm. most people have just been like tiptoey, like, okay, we can't drink around her because she's trying to be sober. Right. Yes. But, yes. Yeah. Um, no one's projected. That's like some serious projection right there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was a weird, a weird comment. And I, I actually have never reflected on it until just now talking about this. And I'm like, wait, that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. It's interesting. I wonder, you know, just also thinking about this topic of shame has, there ever been a time where you've had to tell someone that like you don't drink and it's been um, really challenging. Okay. Let me give context to this. So I remember mm-hmm. I was dating somebody and um, I had that dreaded question or I had to, they were like, we should go out for drinks. And I was like, um, <laughs> and so I had to be like, you know, yeah, I don't drink. And I know we've talked about this in the past. Um, and mm-hmm. then, you know, having to be like, yeah, so I don't drink because I'm sober. And then it's like, oh, like, why are you sober? Like, have you ever had to feel that shame of being vulnerable and sharing that you are in sobriety with somebody? Yes. And and sometimes I have that conversation with people and I and I I'm not worried about it. I'm totally happy to share it. I I feel really empowered in in the story, but sometimes I have that conversation and I'm like, yeah, recently I had it um with some people that I really wanted them to approve of me. Like I was definitely like approval seeking of them. Mm. And Uh, it came up, they offered me like a glass of wine and I said, no, thank you. And then I just kind of left it at that. But then they offered me another drink. And then finally I just had to be like, oh, actually I don't drink. And then they were like, oh, and then for whatever reason, people always want to say what happened. And I'm like, nothing happened. I just like, then, so then the, the answer is, well, I was a disaster of life is what happened. But of course, when I, because I wanted these people to approve of me, that was not the story that I wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of had to be like, oh, I just, you know, decided like I could, I could be more productive or whatever after. And I, I don't know, I sort of fumbled around a little bit and then just they dropped it, thank God. But yeah, it was, and and I, yeah, it was a, it was a weird conversation because sometimes, like I said, I feel really good about saying I don't drink. Yeah, right. And then it's like mm-hmm. in that moment, I could almost feel like, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm taking this out of context a little in terms of what you shared, but like 
I know for me, I would feel a bit of shame, like, oh, you know, that there's this, for the longest time, I felt like, oh, there's this thing wrong with me. And that's why I don't drink as opposed to saying like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Alcohol mm-hmm. doesn't work for everybody. Right. And mm-hmm. this is the way that you're coping with it. But in setting, sometimes it can feel difficult to be like, to feel empowered by not drinking mm-hmm. rather than to feel shame because there's this feeling that like, oh, I just want to be normal. I just want to be like everyone else mm-hmm. like drink normally, even though deep down inside, mm-hmm. I know that I can't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing that, that clue. And it's, I think it's super honest because like, it's also a reminder that like, no matter how confident we seem in the world, cause like everyone would think like, not that this, instance it's like circumstances that make you like still uber confident Bailey but like Mm -hmm. Bailey you come off as like super confident all the time half of the time I'm like does anything phase her (laughs) (laughs) well same for you I mean I just think you're like a a pillar of confidence yeah no not so much I'm a mess but you know we're out here trying (laughs) right we're out here trying and I think it's if anything it's an indicator of the fact that we that's it. We're literally just trying our best and not trying to put out this mode of perfection. And this is what the whole podcast is about, right? Like, it's amazing. And I don't know if you've had this experience, how many people will come up and, you know, behind the scenes and be like, oh my gosh, I'm sober too. And I've been sober for so this many years and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And they're like, but I'm so ashamed to talk about it in public, but I'm so happy that you are, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It's interesting. I just, a friend of mine, um, like a family friend just posted that she has 25 years of sobriety. Yeah. And I was like, I know I was the same. I was like, that's amazing. And I just sent her a message and was like, thank you so much for sharing it. Because when I first made my like 200 days sobriety post, she sent me a private message and was like, I've been sober for this long, but I had no idea. And I was like, oh, like, it's so wonderful to know that the, like, I just love that there's community there. Yeah. You know? And so I think at least what I'm taking away is that it is normal to feel shame for the things that we've done, um, mm-hmm. but that we can also be accountable in our sobriety and that that's okay. Like, it's okay to some days go into spiralized thinking, but also it's also okay to be like, you know what, um, that was in the past and I'm a different person now and that all of those feelings yeah. are valid. And, you know, it's a journey and they, you know, I always hear the saying it's progress, not perfection. And really that's it. Mm. So what yeah. about you? What Definitely. do you feel like and your I, takeaways are? Yeah. I think my takeaway is what you said about like, even if you can't necessarily, you know, mend the exact relationship with a person that you've hurt or caused harm to, we like, in a way, like you said, doing this podcast is a form of service. And there's lots of other sort of ways that we can repair things in our lives and in our communities without necessarily having to have that exact conversation with someone. And I think that's a really good takeaway. And it helps like, yeah, helps validate some of the other stuff that we do that doesn't necessarily always feel productive Mm -hmm. but it does actually serve a purpose yeah shame guilt they're all productive Mm -hmm. feelings and 
it's not about pushing away them. It's about accepting them for what they are and honoring them and recognizing mm-hmm. that they're part of your journey and moving mm-hmm. on, not getting stuck. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that was fun talking about shaming guilt. (laughs) Yeah, that was an intense one. Thank you for all that you shared. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unanonymous Podcast. You can send us an email at unanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at unanonymousp, on Instagram at unanonymous underscore project. And our intro music is by acceleratedideas.com and it's called Fade Away.